The following is a hoop bowl presentation. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Today in Sports Betting, a hoopball presentation. I am your guest host today, Dan Bespris, as the previous file recorded by our good buddy Vince Miracle was chopped in half. We only had the final, I think it was like 10, 11 minutes of the show. And uh, rather than have nothing, you guys have me. So welcome to the podcast. I have actually not hosted this show since 2010. When I originally had a show called Today in Sports Betting. But we figured because uh, this show is going to be pretty NBA-focused today on a Vince episode anyway, you guys get me instead and you can roll with it. It's going to be a quickie. Just a four-game card today. We're going to uh, basically maintain minimal uh, promo efforts on this show, although I would suggest you guys all follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. And our hoopball... Gambling Division is at Hoopball Gaming on Twitter. Hoopball Gaming on Twitter. A few thoughts on the games tonight, and we'll get you back to your business today. The Charlotte Hornets are at the Washington Wizards. That line opened at two and a half. It's up to three now. Hornets road favorites. Wizards, uh, or the total, I should say, is 228. Currently down from 231 and a half. Bradley Beal is listed as questionable as of the time recording this podcast, and you can kind of gather that based on the line by itself. The Hornets are not going to be a three-point road favorite if the Wizards are at full strength. Russell Westbrook coming off a monster game yesterday and the Wizards win over the Indiana Pacers. And this one screams Wizards letdown. But we've also seen Washington over the last, uh, well, this year, be a very streaky team, rattling off a series of kind of gross losses. And then a few pretty good ball games in a row. Remember, they got warm uh, on one of their West Coast trips. And could this be another opportunity for Washington to just get a little bit warmer? The loss of Daniel Gafford in the ball game yesterday does have an impact. He was playing the best ball of any of their centers on the roster. Uh, Rui Hachimura likely going to be asked to do a lot in this ball game, and then the Hornets—they've remained pretty good even with Lamelo Ball on the sideline. I think that this line is pretty tight, certainly on the the side. Hornets should be an ever so slight favorite against a Wizards team that, in general. When Westbrook is kind of running the show, things have gotten out of control and quick. He hasn't been good at all this season, but for these fleeting moments, one of them you saw in yesterday's ball game, and a lot of that, you know, if you keep him off the free throw line for the Wizards, that's a win because his free throw shooting has been downright atrocious. Russ this year is shooting 43.5% from the field. That's right on his career mark, but back down from the I'm next to James Harden and open all the time, 47% he was at last year. Three-point shooting is right around his career mark of 31 right now. Free throw shooting has been the big dent in his numbers. He's at 62% this year. Career 79% foul shooter, although you know a lot of that was prior to about 2018 or so when, for whatever reason, 2017-2018, something got in his ears, whether it was not being allowed to walk back out to half court or what, but yes, last year in Houston at 76%, it seemed like maybe things were starting to come back around, and instead, this year has been worse than ever. He's averaging a triple-double, and nobody's talking about it because the team is bad. It's pretty straightforward on that front. Um, 
you know, it really does come down to uh, individual game efficiency for Russ. The Wizards are relatively competitive in general when he is relatively competitive. You can look at their box scores and say, oh, here's the games where Russ shot the ball pretty well, and here's the games where the Wizards were uh, fairly competitive. Like, you know, Washington, uh, it's not a one-to-one correlation. They still have some games where they get trounced, and that's because they don't play much defense. But, you know, yesterday, a good example of a game where he was good, and so they were just able to outscore the competition. If the Wizards are to win this ballgame against Charlotte, they're probably going to have to put up big offensive numbers. Question is, can they? And so I think your one look in this ballgame would be at the total, which right now is falling pretty precipitously. And I wonder if any of that is injury-related or if that's just an expectation that this game isn't going to feature as much scoring as you know what the Wizards might expect it to be. I have no strong feelings on this game either way. I'm not touching it with a 15-foot pole because Washington is so damn unpredictable right now, I'm moving right along. The Philadelphia 76ers are in Denver. That's the second game on the docket today uh, after, a, a honestly, a pretty good-sized layoff between the first and second games. There's a two-hour break in there. Uh, Philly and Denver played earlier this year, so there's a little bit of a revenge situation. Denver beat the Sixers in Philadelphia back in January, so it's been a minute. Currently... Sixers are playing pretty well. They won the th- first three games of their road trip before losing uh, against the Clippers. That's a loss that a lot of teams have taken this year, so nothing to feel sorry about. Second to last game on the road trip. It's a six-gamer. They finish up by getting partway home each kind of step of the way. They go from Los Angeles to Denver to Cleveland and then back to Philadelphia, so they're sort of inching their way back to their home court. There's a fatigue element that creeps in when you get towards the end of a road trip, but at the same time, they're two days off here, so they've had plenty of time to rest up in and around Denver. I wouldn't put much stock in the altitude stuff for this ballgame because they've had all of that rest-up time. Meanwhile, over on the Nuggets side, uh, they're incorporating Aaron Gordon, and he looked really good in his first game, 20-some-odd minutes. They didn't overdo it with him. They're just sort of letting him find his place in their offense. And on the Denver side... They have uh, continued to show a lot of bounce back this year. One of the one of the easiest bets to make, at least since the middle part of the season, is for the Nuggets not to look terrible in a couple games in a row, uh, but for the beginning of a road trip for them in February. Like in February, they started to get things ironed out. And it wasn't clear exactly what day that was. I might argue it was losing to Washington at home that sort of tipped the balance for the Nuggets that forced them to to look themselves in the mirror. Well, since uh, over the last month, the Nuggets have not lost two games in a row. They have alternated a couple of times, but every single time they've lost, they've bounced back. And the question now becomes, how long does that bounce back last? They won a tough one on the road in New Orleans. They beat Atlanta at home by 24, but the, the Hawks, as I've talked about on my own show, are a bit of a paper tiger. They beat up on some bad teams, then they've run into some good ones and kind of get obliterated um you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator the nuggets to me are reliably good 
which makes them a difficult team to bet against. Although, you know, I would put it, I wouldn't put it past Philadelphia to have a pretty good ball game here. Uh, the total has been coming down in this one, which is sort of the opposite of the direction I think you'd expect it to move. I haven't heard anything specifically about anyone else being out for Philly. It seems like all the usual guys are there. So could the Sixers take the Nuggets out of their game at all? Uh, you know, Dwight Howard's going to be the first point of attack on Jokic. And, you know, I, I know Nikola Jokic probably has some a bone to pick there. Dwight was the thorn in his side during the playoffs last season. So, you know, is that the thing that wakes up Denver? I would lean to Philadelphia in this ballgame. Um, but if anything, I think I would probably take a look at, yeah, you know, Philly plus five is probably a slight lean there. If, if, if you're going either direction, that's the one that I would look at. The opening line of minus three, I think I might have looked at Nuggets, actually. So you probably moved through the value marker there on that two-point jump. Hawks are in Phoenix. I would love to bet Phoenix in this ball game. That was the direction I started here because Atlanta, as we've talked about, is overrated. They're not nearly as good as what the number was trying to tell us they were after they rattled off eight games in a row, eight wins in a row, against fairly la- kind of clunky opponents. Lost to the Clippers, lost to the Kings, beat the Warriors without Steph, and then lost to the Nuggets by a bunch. So now, by the way, it's also worth noting, this is the sixth game of an eight-game road trip for Atlanta without a ton of bonus rest time mixed in there. I mean, this is this is an exhausting adventure for the Hawks. Are they uh, on fumes? Well, my thought was, yeah, sure, they're probably on fumes, but the Suns actually come home off kind of a weird road trip that involved a Sunday morning game that went into overtime. It was a four-game road trip. They didn't look all that compelling on the road. Beat Miami by 10, but the Heat were scuffling at that point. Lost to Orlando, of all teams. Beat Toronto by 4, Charlotte by 4. I haven't seen enough from the Suns over the last week and a half to say this is a team I want to get behind. Their shooting's been down. And I think it's just the ebb and flow of a long season. You know, they're, they're, nothing for them has changed for the worse. Uh, but, the you know, Phoenix had a few games in a row, and some of that was against the particular types of competition, guys that weren't defending all that well. But I can't make the argument that Orlando, Toronto, Charlotte, these are not great defensive rosters. And Phoenix shot 44, 48, and then 35% in their last three ball games. So something's going to snap back into place. When it does... I think you can leap back onto the Phoenix side. That's the lean I would have in this ballgame, but I don't like the way they're playing right now, so I'd probably leave that one alone. Total is at 221.5. You have to look at the under, I would think, just based on the way Phoenix has been playing, but I'm not confident to get in on that one either. And then probably my favorite play is to wait on Clippers injury reporting or try to play injury reporting on the Clippers side. Final game here, Magic, Clippers, 215, grotesquely low total. Clippers favored by 11.5 points. And here's the thing. That's a total uh, and side built on the premise that Paul George is likely to sit. Kawhi is likely to play. Orlando has Terrence Ross back today, but then it's a whole cavalry of weirdos that have never played together before, for the most part. And you're going to see most of those guys get 20-some-odd minutes in the ballgame, while Orlando kind of sorts out who actually gets to play for them going forward. I think there's a case to be made to play Orlando at plus 11.5 right now and then hope 
that Marcus Morris or Kawhi or some combination of Clippers also decides to take this ball game off. Or maybe Kawhi sits and Paul George plays. Either way, that line comes down a bunch. If Kawhi sits, that line probably comes down three, three and a half points. He's worth at least that much to the Clippers. If some of their peripheral guys sit, I don't think it would change a ton. Like if you lost, you know, a Morris or a, uh, who the hell else? I mean, like Ivica Zubots. These are not big needle-moving guys. But it might come down from 11 and a half to, you know, 11 or 10 and a half, something to that effect. Uh, total at 215, you probably consider playing the under on that total and hope that guys get scratched late. If they don't, you could probably just ride it. I mean, make it a small wager. Magic plus 11.5 is not the craziest thing in the world. Clippers off yesterday's win over Milwaukee. This is a little bit of a letdown kind of ball game. You might even consider the Magic in the first half, by the way, for the Clippers kind of likely to wake up at some point in the game, and you could make the bet that it happens after halftime. Why, why give the Clippers four quarters to wake up if you can maybe only give them two? Uh, and then on the total, I don't know that, like, you might even think that goes over if the Clippers don't wake up, but if they do, the Magic probably just stops scoring at that point. But if guys get scratched, let's say the total comes down to 212, 211, you could play the over, try to middle that by four. Play the side, try to middle that by two and a half or three points, and then hope that the uh, Clippers, if they're resting a bunch of guys, end up winning by, you know, nine, ten points in a, a game that's like 110 to 100, or whatever the hell number I just said, 113 to 100, and you could end up middling a couple of sides. So I don't know that you necessarily need to stick with any particular play on the card tonight, but I think that late game is the one where you probably consider diving in and trying to play the injury card a little bit. I mean, all of this is gambling. That's the funny thing. Like, as I say it, I'm thinking in my mind, boy, you're really telling somebody to, to roll the dice a little bit. Everything that we do here is a little bit of a roll of the dice. This is just on a different premise. And you can get out if you want to. If you get to six minutes before tip and there's no injury news in the ball game, and the line doesn't look like it's going anywhere, well... You can buy off of it. You could buy off of it with a first half play. You can just cancel your deal out and take a you know point one unit hit by dropping the vig by abandoning ship on your play. I think, and it's a tough card tonight. Make no mistake, with only four games, there isn't a whole lot going on. But I think if you're someone that just really needs a little action on the card, you play the magic plus eleven and a half for about a half a unit. Wait on that injury news. If it drops. You play the other side for a half unit as well. Create a middle there of, you know, probably about three points on the line. Let's say Kawhi gets the night off. If he plays, I think you can do two, one of two things. You can let it ride and hope the Magic cover. I probably consider buying off of that wager. Just take Clippers. Maybe you can find a minus 11 somewhere at a different sports book, and that way at least you have the, the world's tiniest middle. Uh, or buy off of it and then take Magic for the first half. That's probably about, I, haven't, I don't have the number in front of me on the first half line, but I'm guessing that's magic about, probably about plus five to six. Eh, maybe plus six. I think they probably hang in there for, a, for about a quarter and a half, and then you just pray that things don't completely come apart towards the, uh, the middle of that second quarter. And that's your short NBA card today. We'll be back with the normal rotation tomorrow. Thank you, guys. I uh, appreciate you letting me hop in on this thing for the 15-minute NBA card breakdown. We will get our tech stuff sorted out, but you know what? You got a show, so now all is not lost. This was today in sports betting. I was Dan Vespers. 
last you hear me for a little bit, huh? So long, everybody. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.